Imagine someone told you that you should take a day off of work each week and that you would be refreshed and renewed from it. Would you accept it or worry about getting behind at work or being docked pay? As we'll hear today, that's what God asks of us when he says to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We can trust him to bless us as we set aside a day to grow our relationship with him and to love and honor his work in our lives. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with his continuing study entitled, Ten Commandments. Jesus we want to live lives that are reflective, that are reflective of God's glory. We want to live lives that reflect the reality that we are responding to the nature of God, to God's truthfulness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, all of these things. The third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now look at the fourth commandment. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is within them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, if you notice in these four verses, it really breaks down into three parts. First, the commandment itself. In verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, right? And then the specifications on how to keep it, verses 9 and 10. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, and on the seventh day is a Sabbath. You shall do no work, not your son, not your daughter. So what it's saying is that although you're going to only work six days and take a day off, you can't make other people work on that day too. Okay, so the specifications are is that everyone's supposed to rest on the seventh day. And then the third part is the grounding of this commandment, which goes right back to the creation account of Genesis chapter 1 and the first three verses of Genesis chapter 2, where God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. Now, what's interesting is that if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 to 15, there's actually more involved in it than we get here. In verse 12, let me see what it says. Instead of here, it says, remember the Sabbath day. In verse 12 of Deuteronomy 5, it says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So it's interesting that 
If you include Deuteronomy chapter 5, you have an active and a passive sense. The active side of it is to remember it, to keep it in mind. And then, of course, the passive side is to act, is to observe it. So you have these two different ideas, remembering it and observing it. And then also, in verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 5, instead of rooting, instead of rooting it in creation, in Deuteronomy, they actually root it in, in the, the slavery that they experience. Look what it says in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 5. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So it's interesting that in Deuteronomy, instead of grounding it in creation, it grounds it in the Exodus. But either way, God's heart for us is that we do need to take some time off. That's what the Sabbath, it's about a day of rest. We're meant to keep it holy, which means to keep it set apart. Now, what does that mean for you and I today? According to the New Testament, we are not under Sabbath laws. Now, if you talk to people who are Orthodox Jewish, they still believe that you should keep the Sabbath law growing up in New Jersey. I remember I had friends who I was going to college with who from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, they wouldn't answer the phone. They wouldn't turn on a light bulb. They wouldn't cook any food. All of that was considered work that you shouldn't do on a Sabbath day, right? And so there's extensive law keeping. Um, there's, a, there's some Christian groups, quote unquote, like the Adventists, which means that you can only worship on a Saturday. And if you worship on a Sunday, then you're committing all sorts of atrocities against God's heart. But what's interesting about all of that is that if you look, of course, at uh, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, let's just turn there. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. I'm going to read this to you. So keep your fingers there. Turn all the way to your right. Hebrews chapter 4. It says this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Which is a quote from Psalm ninety-five, eleven. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remained that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying to David, today, after such a long time as has been said, today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Do you see that? There remains, verse 9, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works 
as God did from his. Now, what that means is this, that Jesus himself is the true Sabbath rest. That in Christ, when someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus, they have ceased from their work and entered into the rest that God has for them. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So the Sabbath is meant ultimately to point to not just physical resting, but it's meant to point to a spiritual rest that we get when we come to Christ and we stop working for our salvation. Now because of that, what that means is you can worship God on any day. God is not preferential on his Sabbath because the true Sabbath is Jesus himself. Now, with that being said, we live in a very sick culture. Any culture that can have something called a workaholic, I consider that to be sick because it's work. It's work. And if you look at the account of God's creation of Adam and Eve. And once you move into chapter 3, once Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God curses Adam by cursing the work that he does. Which means, in effect, that this ground that was created and this beautiful garden that was there, now it's going to bring forth thorns and thistles. Right? And so because of that, Adam has to work harder to get the same thing. And what's interesting is that for people who struggle with um, a bad work-life balance, really what they're doing is they're just living out the fall of Adam. That's what they're doing. So if you're here today and you're just like, you find yourself being an incessive workaholic, you do not know how to actually stop working and enjoy people, God, creation, all these things that God has made beautiful, you're just living out the curse of Adam. Now I say that, being, I know this very well. I very much know what it's like to be a workaholic. But what God is saying in the idea of Sabbath is that, listen, it's all right to take a break and enjoy me and enjoy your family and enjoy the things God has made. Six days you shall work and on the seventh day, set it apart for me. Set it apart for me. And I, we live in a culture where we're over-caffeinated, we're over-stimulated, people have ulcers from working so hard. And I just feel like Jesus in his word is saying to us, man, take a chill. Set a day apart. It's okay to take a nap, to enjoy a stroll by a creek. Talk to your spouse. They're kind of cool. And if you do that, God will still take care of you. You do not need to work all seven days. And what's interesting is all through the Bible, as we're going through the law, we're going to find God saying, listen, I want you to work a field for six years, and on the seventh year, I want you to lay it fallow. And he's saying, look, I'll provide double for you on the sixth year so that the, the land can rest. And what's interesting is the children of Israel didn't do that for 490 years, and God sent them to exile in Babylon. He's like, look, you guys owe me 70 years. But most of the reason why we do not keep Sabbath, not in a religious to be right with God way, but in a personal wellness way, because God loves us and wants us to take a break, is because we don't trust him. We don't trust that if we take a day off every week that God will provide for us. And it's interesting that that happens in the wealthiest culture in the world. 
Think about that. It's ironic and challenging. We live in the wealthiest culture in the world and we do not trust God for us to be able to take a day off and say, look, I'm going to close it down. I'm going to enjoy my family, the Lord, and some downtime. And what that shows us, it shows us where our heart's idols are. So I'm here to tell you, if you're one of those people who works, works, works incessantly, I think God's word is telling you to take some time off. Not be lazy, but be okay to rest a little bit. We have to remember, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And God's saying, look, work six days, take a day off, get refreshed. That's meant to keep us for the whole marathon. The idea of burnout. How many of you have gotten burnt out? When that happens, most often you're never taking any time off, right? You can't unplug it all. You can't unplug it all. I believe God wants us to rest so that we can deepen our relationships with him. When we take a day out of the week and devote it to the Lord and to our families, resting, we can hear from God in fresh ways. You ever hear the saying, you can't see the forest from the trees? That's how life is sometimes. And when you take a day and you step back from it all and you get refreshed, you have a new set of eyes on things. A new set of eyes on things. And that's when we can be the most productive. The most productive. But oftentimes for many of us, we have been going so fast for so long that we don't even know how to stop and rest and hear from God. But Jesus died and rose again that we might know him, that we might have a relationship with him. And relationships are only cultivated with communication over time. I mean, that's what intimacy really is, isn't it? Intimacy is communication over time. On every level, the people who you know the most intimately the most personally, is the most communication you've had over the longest period of time. Any married couple will tell you, speaking of physical intimacy, that that grows over time. The more you know somebody, the more you talk and experience one another, that grows over time. And our relationships with God are the exact same way. So although I do not believe, because we are not under law, we're under grace, because the Sabbath is truly in Jesus, we do not have to keep the Sabbath in order to be right with God, because Jesus is the Sabbath rest. I do believe that we need to stop and rest and seek God. Be okay to take a break from all the things that are a part of life and just focus our relationship on him. It's interesting When Jesus in the Gospels, how often is Jesus in trouble on the Sabbath day? All the time, right? He heals a man with a withered hand. They get upset because it was on the Sabbath day. He heals a guy who for 37 years, I was just reading it this morning in John chapter 5, in my own devotional time, he was 37 years laying on his bed on the Sabbath day. Jesus said, listen, man, you want to get healed? And the guy's like, well, I can't get in to the pool. Someone gets in before me. He's like, well, just take up your bed and go. The guy takes up his bed And they're like, you're not supposed to carry your bed. It's the Sabbath day. Jesus is in trouble. The disciples are hungry. They're walking through a grain field. And the disciples start to glean from the field, but they're harvesting on the Sabbath and they get in trouble. 
So we have to be careful in Sabbath keeping not to get legalistic. And it's amazing how Christians who've been saved by the grace of God just love being legalistic. I mean, I know what that's like. You're saved by grace, but you want to be perfected by works. There's all sorts of people be like, oh, no, 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 no. You're getting it wrong. You can't worship on Sundays. That's, God doesn't honor that. I mean, think about that. God only accepts worship on one special day. I mean, seriously? God, who is infinitely worthy of all the worship of every single breath of our lives, only accepts worship on one day. And every other day, it's bad, 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 bad. So we have to be careful not to fall into legalism. I love that in this generation, we're recovering a lot of the the Jewish roots of Christianity. But what's interesting is that Jesus came to put new wine in new wineskins. Judaism in its law-keeping cannot hold the Messiah. It can't hold the Messiah because the Messiah fulfills all of it. So even in our love of the Jewish roots of Christianity, we also have to be careful. We have to be careful not to stray a little bit in our hearts into legalism. We have to be careful. I love this because not only should we keep the Sabbath day, but we should also try and help other people do it as well. Notice it says, don't let your son do it, not your daughter, not some stranger in your land. See, part of being a person of God is trying to promote God's kingdom. And so we do not promote God's kingdom by us resting and us making other people work in our place because we still don't trust God. So we're supposed to be extending that outward, extending it outward. So someone will always say to me then, well, what does a Sabbath day look like then? I would say a Sabbath day should look something like this. You sleep until you wake up. You read your Bible. You pray. You enjoy those people who God has placed in your life. You take a walk. You take a nap. You pray. You read God's word. You enjoy the people God has placed in your life. And you go to bed. Don't think fixing your fence or mowing your lawn is really Sabbath keeping. It's really not. It needs to get done, but it's not necessarily restful, is it? What I have learned, and I I feel blessed because I had a pastor who I apprenticed with who was just so good at modeling for me what it meant to, to follow God. And it was so cool because he would just be like, listen, on Mondays, he's like, you won't get me unless something, if someone is in the hospital, life or death, I'll be there. Other than that, you won't hear from me. I have a friend who calls that Amish Mondays, which means the computer doesn't go on, the phone doesn't go on, he just rests. You know, and that's a healthy thing. The sports scores will still be there the next day. The stock market quote will still be there the next day. Whatever issues you missed at work will still be there the next day. But take some time away to rest, to be refreshed, to be built up for what God wants to do. And another way to apply this for each one of us is Have you ceased from your labors and trusted in Jesus? Are you here today still trying to prove that you're right with God by the things that you do or don't do? 
Are you still b- busy trying to prove to God your devotion by not doing X, Y, and Z? Or are you simply willing to trust in Jesus and rest in his everlasting arms? For many of us, we believe in Jesus, but we're still in a workspace system. Not by God, but by ourselves. We're still trying to do it right. We feel like God loves us if we get X, Y, and Z right, and he doesn't love us if we fail, and that's just not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus got it right, and he got it right for us. And we live our lives responding to what a good job Jesus has done, despite us. Lives of gratitude and joy. Lives of when we mess up, we own it, we confess it to God and whoever we've hurt, and we leave it at the cross where Jesus dealt with it in our place. It's so easy to be in a works-based system even though we believe in the grace of God. But God wants us to trust him ruthlessly and simply. Ruthlessly and simply. So, very simply, we need to keep the Sabbath by trusting in Jesus, by letting Jesus have finished the work for us, for us. Okay, let's move on now to verse 12, to the fifth commandment. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, most commonly, people would say that now we're moving to the second tablet of the law, that the first four commandments are the first tablet that deals with our relationship with God. We have no other gods before him. We don't make any carved images. We don't take God's name in vain. And we find that time to rest to rejuvenate that relationship. And then the second tablet of the law is on the horizontal level, us and people. And at the very beginning, it gets right into honoring your father and your mother. Now, why is this? Because the family was the main unit of discipleship that God made. God created the family first and foremost, Adam and Eve, and then they started having children, first Cain and Abel, and then, of course, Seth, who became part of that messianic line. So God ordained the family. He ordained the family. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, the apostle Paul quotes this. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So notice, he says, this is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, it says that you may live long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, I need to start right here because we start talking about honoring your father and your mother. I need to get this out there in front. If your parents are abusive or sinful, then they have forfeited the right to be honored. Jesus is real. When we devote a day to rest in the Lord, we can hear from Him in fresh ways. Today, Pastor Daniel taught about the commandment that says to keep the Sabbath. Don't we trust Him? He wants a relationship with us, cultivated through a time of intimacy. 
God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share about the commandment that says to honor your mother and father. That can be a hard thing for those of us whose parents are not Christians. Pastor Daniel will clarify this issue. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled Sinai. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.